So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Tom Seco. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. So if this is your first time listening, great to have you here. If you haven't heard about a lot of our other resources that we have available at this point, go check out our website. We've got a lot of great CEs and other different resources that you can do, like assessments and tools. Today, I've got a very, very special guest that we're talking with. Her name is Carrie Wise. She is a veterinarian and certified life coach, and she is the founder and owner of Joyful DVM. So for any of you that are looking for some more joy in your life, you know, she might be a person or some of her things you want to check out. Carrie, it's nice to have you here with us today. Thanks. It's great to be here. Fantastic. So, you know, not for me to steal any of the thunder about who you are and what you do. You know, I'd love to have you share a little bit with them around, you know, how long you've been doing what you're doing with Joyful DVM and how did you get started into it? Because it'd be interesting for everyone to know. Do you mind sharing a little bit with us? So, yeah, as you shared, I'm a veterinarian and certified life coach, and I actually have been a veterinarian for over 20 years now. And just like probably most of your listeners, I thought that I would just go into general practice and kind of work out my career there. But what I really quickly learned is how much I enjoyed the human interaction and starting to understand the human components of veterinary medicine, which ultimately led me through a series of career changes like many of us experience and down this path to eventually through education, working in corporations and a lot of different roles, kind of coming to that conclusion that my variety of experiences, which seemed a little random at the time, really set me up well to help veterinarians as they progress through their careers as well. So that all led me to create what's now known as Joyful DVM back in 2017, where I started coaching younger veterinarians and even seasoned veterinarians in their careers. And not so much like your traditional career coaching, type of relationship, but more navigating the challenges that come with the lifestyle and the career of veterinary medicine. Fantastic. And we all, we all need a little bit more, more joy in our lives sometimes. And where did, where did you go to school? So I went to veterinary school at the University of Missouri, graduated in 1999, and then completed my life coach certification through the life coach school. Awesome. So certified life coach. I've always thought that was a very fascinating type of degree or certification to get. So it's cool to be talking to one right now. And so when you initially got into, you know, transitioning over to Joyful DVM, you know, was there one thing that like one day you just all of a sudden like woke up and you're like, I'm going to do this? Or was it a progressive transition that you went through? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've always been a bit of an entrepreneur. And so when I was in full-time veterinary practice, at one point I did start my own practice from the ground up. And my reason for doing that is actually quite comical now that I am on the coaching side because I was trying to change all the variables. So I had hit that point in veterinary career like a lot of us do, burned out, tired, frustrated, kind of looked up one day and thought, is this really all there is? And I was really trying to answer this question for myself. Do I hate veterinary medicine or do I just hate the environment that I work in? And so because I tend to just try to fix things. I'm like, let's just start an animal <laughs> hospital from the ground up where I can control literally every variable and let's see what happens. Right. And as I did that, um, I did find that I actually do like veterinary medicine and I like the people and I love business. And so that idea of working for myself and being an entrepreneur kind of really moved me toward expanding what was possible, what I could do within this type of career. And then over time, that really evolved into the desire to help other veterinarians. So when you couple our 
suicide statistic with the reality that many of us experience once we're finally out there in the job. I really just found out for myself that it's just not necessary to be that unhappy all the time. And it was mm. really important for me to figure out what was really happening. Once right. I figured that out, I just like couldn't contain it. Like I just, everybody needed to know that. And so that's what's really, I just decided we're going to start Joyful DBM. We're going to help as many people as we can. And ultimately our goal is to get us off of that top 10 list for suicide. Wow. We all want to, you know, you got to scream it from the mountaintop. You got to get the word yes. out there, <laughs> help as many people as you can. Like that's, that's wonderful. I, I love it. And I, just to think of this. So, you know, with the theme of all of this today, one thing that you believe that veterinarians are struggling with the most, and I would imagine is the, probably the factor of being burnt out. Would I say, or would you say it's something different? I think they recognize when they hit burnout. So mm -hmm. I don't know that they necessarily understand what, what gets them there. And the things that we blame, which are often things like toxic work environments and entitled clients and cranky coworkers and inadequate pay and long work hours and terrible schedules and on and on and on. We blame all of those things for the reason that we're burned out. And what's really interesting is to recognize that all of those things are just like variables outside of our control and they don't actually cause the burnout. They don't actually cause that emotional turmoil that we experience. But if we don't understand what causes that emotional reaction, then our conclusion is that it is those things. And so they do recognize that they're at this kind of emotional breaking point, but the reasons that they think that they're there are all these things they can't control, which actually just compounds that idea of kind of hopelessness, if you will. So wow. my goal is to kind of step in there and be like, yeah, but <laughs> let me show you what's really happening. So you can see where you have so much power and choice where it seems like it's very dark and no hope at all. Right. Well, and that's something that we talk a lot about with veterinarians as well, is that there's a big difference between, you know, what we can control and the things that we can't control. And it's just human nature by default that we put so much emphasis on the things we can't control. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, with that, what is like one thing that you would say that they could control the most as they're, you know, getting to that point as they're feeling that way? Like, what is something that they could do? So I think the one thing, the number one thing they could do is they could start to set some boundaries. And even though that sounds all nice and pretty and like a simple solution, right. what it requires is for them to decide what they want. Mm. It's the hardest question they'll ever ask themselves and ever answer is what do you want? Because we've been so nose down in the books for so long and just achieving, achieving, achieving. All of a sudden we look up, there's no tangible variables of our success. And we literally just have to decide what do we want? Mm. If we define that, then we can look at the opportunities to set boundaries, which kind of opens another door of, of an interesting phenomena because when you start to set a boundary what a lot of the veterinarians and veterinary technicians that I work with are finding is that they don't necessarily need a boundary they just need to have a conversation with leadership about that gap between what they want and what is available and what the opportunities are where they work of course boundaries are tough too when you create them uh, I found that a lot of veterinarians tend to be very uh, you know they don't want a lot of them don't want conflict sometimes when it comes to certain things so they will tend to just say yes to a lot of stuff and have a hard time of saying no. Uh, and I would imagine you agree with that a little bit. So. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's three main like personality characteristics that I've identified as I've worked with veterinarians and have been one myself for multiple decades now. Obviously we're compassion driven. I'm going to mm. use some broad sweeping generalizations here, but this is kind of my conclusions. We're very compassion driven. Then you add on top of that, we're perfectionistic and we're people pleasers. It's like a recipe for disaster. And it definitely is a recipe that doesn't help to support boundaries. 
The scariest part about a boundary though is the, the consequence. The boundary is just the request for behavior of somebody else, but it's all about the consequence, what you will do if that request isn't met. And we get this wrong a lot hmm. in veterinary medicine and probably in the world. We think, and I know I did, I thought boundaries were, I ask you to do something and if you don't do it, here's the consequence. And then I would get offended when they wouldn't do the thing. But the boundary was never about whether or not the person changes the behavior, right? It's about knowing in advance what, how I'm gonna take care of myself when that behavior happens. And that's the scary part because then holding that boundary is all on you. You have to follow through. Once you start to do it though, dang, powerful stuff. That is powerful. I, I, I will say that I'm always sitting down to sit here and be like, what do I want? Why do I want that? And uh, it's tough though. It's, it's very challenging. And especially as like, there's that whirlwind of life and the things that are going on. Uh, I don't know. I've, I know so many veterinarians that are out there right now that are, they're just trying to find some, some, a moment to breathe. And the days that they do have a chance to breathe, it's like they're literally having to do chores and catch up on everything during a week. So uh, those are the ones that I would say probably have it the have it the hardest sometimes. So uh, I'm I'm curious with you know with these boundaries and stuff that the the veterinarian should be creating like the one thing that they could control you know when when it comes to getting to that next level and feeling like hey I want to be a little bit more joyful in my life because you know going off the theme of your business mm -hmm. uh, you know what are the three main things that you would say that you help the most with with some of your presentations and all the materials that you're providing like how are you helping the veterinary community sure so i'm really helping them to get to know themselves and to become empowered so if i had to pick one word i would say empowerment mm -hmm. so let's find where you actually have agency where you actually have control and choice and so through what we do over joyful dvm we help you to become empowered we help build self-confidence they do go hand in hand. So we have to figure out where the self-confidence comes from. We've gained some confidence through achievement, but once you're out in the real world and there's no way to measure your achievement, then all of a sudden that's where our self-confidence is pretty low, imposter syndrome sneaks in and all that. So we build self-confidence and we become empowered and we really understand the causes of anxiety and stress. So all the things that we think cause anxiety and stress for us are not really the cause. And so that's so important is for us to teach where anxiety and stress actually come from because when you understand where it really comes from, then you can find where you have the ability to change it for you and your own reality day in and day out. So does that empowerment and ultimately improving entire mindset. Wow, empowerment. So when you say, you know, those the core things that are causing a lot of the stress, you know, is there any way that you can elaborate a little bit more on that? Is it something you can share a little bit more details around? I can. So I found that there's basically four main categories of stress and anxiety in the veterinary profession, and they are human interactions, personal inexperience, unexpected events, and prior decisions. And so everything that causes stress for us in the veterinary medicine can fall into one of those categories or a combination of those categories. Once we start to understand that, what happens is it helps to normalize the experience because people realize they're not the only ones but then also it helps us to gain some ownership around that as well. Okay. So human interactions, prior decisions, who said, what was the other one with the experience? Human interactions, personal inexperience. Okay. Prior decisions and unexpected events. Unexpected so events. Human interactions, that one's pretty easy, right? So that's like all the client interactions, the co-worker interactions, the boss interactions, the family interactions. So that one makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. That tends to be one of the top ones. Really? The personal inexperience is like the imposter syndrome. And what's so fascinating about this is new grads think it's only them, but it never goes away. 
you experience it over and over and over again. It just depends on the situation that you're in. That's true. The unexpected events, like everything that you didn't count on happening today. And so for us who, where we tend to have that perfectionistic type of personality, it's just our attempt to control all of things. If we control mm -hmm. all the things, then we can guarantee outcomes. It's not how it works, but we think it is. And so every time there's something unexpected that happens, which could be as tragic as I hit my car walking in the door, or could be as simple as somebody sticking a nail trim on top of a very full schedule already, we get a lot, we get stressed out, we get anxious. Of course. And then the prior decisions, we second guess things. And with the prior decisions, this one becomes real sneaky because we'll use our situation today to judge the decisions that we made in the past. So the ultimate prior decision that a lot of us conclude was a bad choice was going to veterinary school or vet tech school in the first place. They decide all the things that the way that they feel now and the stress and the anxiety is evidence that going down this career path was the worst decision that they ever made. And they find more evidence in that by things like their student loans. And I would argue their student loan balance is actually evidence of succeeding at the hardest thing you'll probably ever do in your life. Just it's all a great way. That's a great way to put a thought to it. I, I know that we all experience some sort of anxiety or some level of anxiety to at some point or another. I know when I have a massive amount of different things that I'm trying to do and focusing on and uh, my new, my new mantra lately has been, you know, how do you eat a six foot sub is you just take one bite at a time. And, you know, unless you do that, like life can feel like Mount Everest and life is never about the destination. It's always about the journey and being able to enjoy all those moments while we're here. And so all that's incredibly powerful that you're sharing with us. And, you know, so the, the anxiety, the four different things that people can focus on, uh, is there anything else that you would say with him, you know? Your, your company and everything else, like what you're providing, um, anything else that you're helping, you know, veterinarians be able to achieve from the standpoint of finding more joy and happiness? Absolutely. So the first step is to understand why you're unhappy. So that's like peeling apart your mindset, understanding that emotions only created by thinking and not created by circumstances. So power and just understanding yourself, but then the ultimate power comes in just deciding what you want and focusing on what's next and working toward that. And so we have a program called Vet Life Academy where we teach all of this, where we teach the mindset piece and then really help support the veterinarians and the veterinary technicians. It's actually an entire veterinary healthcare team type program to help them actually keep moving forward because it's the emotion that stops us. Emotion drives our action 100% of the time, whether that's right. action or inaction. So once you kind of define what you want for your life, then it's just can you keep yourself moving forward? Or are you going to let the same stressors that stopped you before stop you? Now you have more tools to help manage your mindset throughout the whole thing. And then like, just like what you said with your sub, you get to your goals, just like one little step at a time, tiny action repeated creates massive results. Yeah. Over and over and over There's there's a phenomenal book that I've read before, uh, atomic habits. I don't know if you've read so that good. book or not. So good. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Like there's those little things that they might not seem like much, that the, how they just, they add up over the course of time and how you change something, how it can completely change the trajectory of your entire life of how you do it. So like the things that we're not seeing results in now, man, they, they can compound and build up over time. So I love that book. I probably will reread it again at some point or another. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> great. There's another one called the slight edge that talks Ooh. very much like that. It's like about the 10%, like the 10% change. And they use an, a great example of a boat and a rudder, like just the tiniest little adjustment in that rudder being just a little bit off. You end up in like a completely different place if you start out in the ocean and then you don't course correct. 
So this is a fabulous illustration of it. It is just that we think we have to do these great big things to change our life. We just have to use tiny little things. Mm-hmm. Just add another tiny little thing. That's a, a great book too. Uh, you know, a lot of times, like I'm a, I'm a very big reader and people a lot of times they say like, how do you find the time to read? And there's the one thing that stuck with me so much from that one book was, yeah, you just read 10 pages a day. You read 10 pages a day. An average book is 200 pages. You've read an entire book in 20 days. Like it can happen and it'll take you 10 minutes or less sometimes too, to read 10 pages. It's just a matter of, you know, how, how important it is to you to do it like anything in our lives. Like, um, I was actually just having a conversation with someone earlier today of exercise. Her husband loves to exercise and she's like, I just can't do it. It's just not, it's not me. I've got a Peloton. I've got all of these different things, but he's so like on it and he doesn't ever take a break. She's like, all I do is take breaks. So, <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things of, you know, if you want to do something, you take that little bit, a little bit, but a little bit, and then you eventually get hooked at it. And then if it's something you really enjoy, you'll keep doing it. So, but that's really cool. So Joyful DVM providing a lot of these different great resources. I love it. And, you know, from what I know, you have different webinars, you have your academy that you're doing online. Like what other type of resources do you have available uh, for veterinarians? Sure. We do all kinds of like free resources. So we do have a podcast now, the Joyful DVM podcast. And in addition to that, every single week, we do a Facebook live. So I teach a little thing. It's, it's called quick tip Tuesday. So super easy to digest. Just get a little hit of like joy and something you can apply right away. That's there. And we're always running webinars. So you can always find a joyful DVM webinar. It's literally just joyfuldvm.com forward slash webinar and whatever webinar, whatever I'm teaching on, whether it's on anxiety, whether it's on the everything is possible. We recently just launched a brand new webinar, the four keys to creating a joyful, fulfilling and balanced life as a veterinary professional. So that's the most recent one. We periodically do workshops too. We do these four-hour workshops like the anxiety management workshop, the creating confidence workshop, the setting boundaries challenge. So those types of things, we're always doing things like that to just get this knowledge into the hands of veterinary professionals so they can use it right away and start making those little adjustments. You must like be tired. Else. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, All the webinars and things you're doing? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it depends. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's time. It kind of comes back to what you said before. It's all about time and like managing time. Mm-hmm. The thing with time, this is kind of crazy, but time is a, just a mental construct. So we don't ever just find time, right? We create time or we use time. So it's just priorities and just deciding what's important. And that's cool. And it's important. So it happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I picked up a, you know, on the whole theme of books right now. Uh, this is one I've started reading. It's called Tools of Titans. And guy named Tim Ferriss, he basically spoke with a lot of different other people out there and asking them about habits and things that they've done to create wealth and happiness and health and all the different things. Basically, what was what was being said in there, you know, everyone that says that they're busy and really busy doesn't exist. People get this mental construct of thinking that busy is really a thing. And it's just a matter of course, it's just not having good parameters on your time. And, uh, you know, when you can really I feel like when you can eradicate that busy word from your mouth and get it out of your mind, it's like, you know, you're not, you're not really busy because you could always have a choice to control a lot of different things that are in your life. So if you don't like it, change it. <laughs> exactly. Like you're preaching to the choir. Exactly. Yes. And it's the, the, I have to monster, what I call the, I have to monsters. Everything that we say, I have to, I have to, I have to. Mm-hmm. If we just get real honest, there's not a single thing in this world we have to do. Like not one thing. Right. There are just choices that we're making to, in order to kind of avoid other things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we pay taxes because we don't want the IRS to come after us. So we want to pay our taxes because we don't want the IRS to come after us. So (laughs) it seems simple and silly to talk about it from that perspective, but there's the power in recognizing your choice. 
as opposed to living your life at the effect of things that you don't believe you can control, which is just false. I agree with that. What is something, you know, of course, I hope that they go check out all your great stuff you have available. Uh, But if let's say that they don't do that and they were to just listen to this right now, what is something that they could take away from this today that you feel they could improve their lives? I think the one thing they could do is do like a read, what I call a redecision inventory. Hmm. So literally just sit down and list out all the things that they think they have to do, like all of their obligations, all the things that they believe are taking are making some kind of impact on their life being the way that it is. And then just consider each one as a choice. It, do I want from the choice of, do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Because then that will allow them to see how much control they have and what's actually being created. And also to create, create some awareness around the things that they're doing that they don't really want to do. And then they can make some different decisions there. But until we kind of redecide everything, because I always like to say like read, veterinary medicine is a decision that we make every single day. We didn't just decide it once. It's kind of like marriage. You right. redecide it every single day that you're going to get up and you're going to be whatever that is. So if we can just start to look at our lives through that reality that it is just a series of decisions that we're making and start with an inventory to see what's there. I think that becomes super powerful, can really do a lot to like shift around feeling um, like a victim of your circumstances in a very quick period of time. And so they can totally do on their own. Really cool. It it kind of makes me think of, as you're saying that is, it's kind of like putting a, putting the light on the shadows and really being able to say, Hey, like, what are the things I'm kind of ignoring? You know, what are the, a lot of the stuff that I'm just kind of being, you know, kind of turning the, turning my, turning the other cheek, not putting much attention to. That's great. That's actually a really great idea. Look, I appreciate you being here with us today. Uh, this has been a lot of fun talking with you, Carrie. And, uh, you know, for everyone who is listening, if you want to go check out all the great stuff she has, I know she's got a great following on Facebook as well. Uh, you can go check her out on there. I know her little uh, Facebook Tuesdays. What was it again? If you can repeat yeah, that. Quick Tip Tuesdays. Quick, quick tip, tip Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Awesome. <laughs> And, uh, you know, go to her website. I, I believe it's, you know, if you want to share all that with them, what's your website and the best way to contact you? Sure. Just joyfuldvm.com. You can't go wrong. So if you just go to joyfuldvm.com, there's contact buttons. You can jump over to the Facebook page from there, all that kind of stuff. Um, and everything social is all just joyfuldvm.com. So cool. you can literally land there, ask whatever, and we can point you in the right direction to whatever resource you're looking for. Beautiful. Well, cool. So with all of this being said, and I always like to throw an interesting question towards the end of this. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you've had a chance to think about this a little. Maybe not. Uh, if you only could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is an interesting question because for me, it wouldn't be a food. Um, it would have to be my, my beloved coffee. Ah. So um, <laughs> the it coffee would be a liquid. Diet. It would be the coffee <laughs> diet. Yes. Yes. Coffee is life and, and always appropriate in any situation. So <laughs> you could do. It's very versatile. So that's yes. what it would be. Give me some coffee and I'm being a happy girl. Coffee's great. Yeah, and I actually remember talking to someone recently and I was like, yeah, so what did you have for breakfast? I had a big cup of coffee. And I was like, what? A big cup of coffee? I mean, I'd be starving. So I mean, it, it helps suppress my appetite a little bit. Jeez. Yeah. Hey, but I love coffee too. It's become a, a big yeah. thing of mine. So this is, again, this has been great, Carrie. I really appreciate all of your time here today. For everyone listening, make sure to go check out Carrie Wise, the Joyful DVM, a lot of great resources. Uh, but for now, uh, this is Tom Seco. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. 
make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. CJ Burnett and Tom Seco are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. CJ Burnett's and Tom Seco's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Venture Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purposes only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by park avenue securities guardian or florida veterinary advisors and opinions stated are their own this material is intended for general use by providing the content park avenue securities llc and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity all investments contain risk and may lose value past performance is not a guarantee of future results the individuals associated with florida veterinary advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals florida veterinary advisors is not registered in any state or with the u.s securities and exchange commission as a registered investment advisor submission number 2023-151790 expires february of 2025